This is the Mend It Pass podcast with Chadwick Hayward, episode 27. Welcome to MendItPass.com. Let's get back to bed. Hi, Path Menders. Thanks so much for tuning in to the 27th episode of the Mend It Pass podcast. This week, I'm speaking with Cindy Sutherland. Cindy is a registered nurse from California. After losing her husband, she lost focus on her weight and her health. Headaches brought her to the doctor, where she was told she was at an extreme risk of a stroke. But she wasn't prepared to accept failing health as inevitable. Join us today as Cindy shares her story of how she mended her path, lost 125 pounds, and reclaimed her health by adopting a whole food, plant-based lifestyle. Hi Cindy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Chad. It's a real pleasure to be here speaking with you. It's great to have you on. Uh, my understanding is you're a registered nurse and you came to a plant-based lifestyle about four and a half years ago. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your life leading up to that transition? Oh, sure. Um, I grew up in a, a regular household um, eating a standard American diet and there wasn't a lot of emphasis put on fitness. And there wasn't a lot of knowledge around proper nutrition, even though my parents didn't really take me to fast food restaurants or buy a lot of stuff in boxes. They deep fried and cooked with a lot of oils and everything was a lot of meat and cheese and, and that sort of thing. So anyway... I always seemed to have a little bit of extra weight and I had always been, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of girl and, and I love cheese. So I would always, whenever I needed to lose weight, I had found the Atkins diet. And so it always worked for me. And when I was in my twenties, I did it a couple times and it, it worked beautifully. I lost about 60, 65 pounds in about six or seven months. And so I knew that that was the go-to diet for me. And I did Neanderthin. I, when Fenfen came out, I took Fenfen. I did everything. I, I never joined Weight Watchers or one of those programs. I always would go get a book and I would, follow a high protein, um, high fat diet. Okay. And so the second to the last time when I was going to get married, I think I was around 30 or 31. I adopted the Atkins diet again and it worked beautifully. The weight came off really well and I was good to go. And then as soon as the ceremony ended I and, and the honeymoon started, so did the loaves of bread and the dishes of pasta and everything because I had restricted myself from that for months and I couldn't wait to get my hmm. hands on pizza and, and, and all that stuff, all that bready stuff that I'm missing like crazy. And so then I had two children and each time that I was pregnant, I got up to about 170 some pounds and I'm five, four, I'm five, I'm five, three and a half actually. And, um, and I was weighing generally about 115, 120 pounds. And so with each pregnancy, by the time I delivered my children, I was around 170-ish, give or take a bit. And um, when my, I have two uh, sons, they are 13 and 15 right now. And when they were six and seven, their father died. Oh, dear. And my husband. And so that kind of, Roomy because he took care of, of 
the household billing and, and all that sort of thing. And so I had to immerse myself in paying attention to, you know, paying the bills, looking into the um, savings accounts and um, looking into getting a will and finding out about my mortgage and all that other stuff. And so I completely disregarded paying attention to myself and I was concentrating on taking care of my sons and maintaining the best kind of structure I could for them in their life. And I would, I would just eat a bunch of fast food. There was bowls of candy around the house. And if I needed a quick pick me up in the afternoon, I just grabbed a whole handful of candy as I walked by the bowl um, and, and coffee and, and all kinds of stuff. And so eventually I just, I, I felt terrible. And in 2010 or 11, I can't remember which, maybe it's 2011. I took, I, I live in California and I took my children to Disney world in Florida. And I remember walking around Disney world and I was in so much pain and I, I have a, a picture from, from that day. I have a few pictures from that day of, of what I looked like. My joints hurt, my feet hurt, my ankles hurt, my knees hurt. I, my thighs weren't just rubbing together. They were stuck together. And I, I just, I felt horrible. And I thought, I, what am I going to do? I have to take care of these boys and I have to let them have as normal a childhood as possible. And here I am just in this immense pain. This is crazy. And so I thought I've got to do something. I I'll, I'll just worry about it when I get back to California but I've got to do something. I can't go on like this. And on the ferry back to um, where we started in the morning, my leg, uh, they were just throbbing. And I remember I took my shoes and my socks off and they were all swollen. And I was hobbling back to the car. And I thought, I, I'm, oh my gosh, what's going on with me? I can't take this anymore. So anyway, we got back home and then it, the end of summer came and I thought, okay, well, I'll go to the doctor as soon as I can arrange for it for my, for a checkup. I didn't make an appointment right away. Maybe it was October before I went in there or something like that. Maybe it was the end of September. Anyway, um, I started having these headaches. And it was like this throbbing headache and my face would turn red. And I thought, oh my gosh, the stress of everything that's happened is, is causing me to get migraine headaches. And this is what it must be like for a person to have migraine headaches. And I never had them before, but I knew as a nurse you know, you, there's certain medications that you can take and laying in a dark room, uh, in a cool place with your, your head down, um, you know, was a way to alleviate a little bit of the discomfort. So I did that and the throbbing continued. It didn't stop. And I would lay for down for a long time in a dark room. And, and this throbbing just was continuous, continuous. So I eventually went to the doctor and they were alarmed. And they said, your blood pressure is 200 and something over a hundred and something. Oh my I don't God. Remember, I know. I don't remember the exact numbers. And they said, and they knew my situation. And they said, you are going to wind up in the hospital with a stroke, if you don't take some blood pressure, 
pressure medication starting today. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't I don't want any blood pressure medication. I don't want anything like that. No, no. I uh, I'll start exercising and I will I'll I'll go on a diet and start losing weight. And I'm very serious about it now. And they said, no, you know, that's fine. But you will never lose the weight in in time that you you are going to be safe to where, you know, out of, out of uh, the stroke zone. Yeah. And they said, your weight is 225 pounds. And I said, what? What? Oh, my God. What happened to me? 225 pounds? I, I mean, I, I've known people before who've been like over 200 pounds that are women and that are, you know, my height and stuff, but I weigh 225 pounds. Oh no. I, I'm like a lost cause. I, I only weighed 170 some when I delivered my children. How in the world did I wind up weighing 225 pounds? I just wasn't paying attention to myself. And it's nobody's fault but my own. So anyway, right then and there, I thought, okay, that's it. I, I went to the drugstore, got their prescription, blood pressure medication, and I started taking it. And the very next day, I started doing a mild exercise routine where I would get up before my children woke up to go to school and I would go for a walk in the neighborhood and we live in a very hilly neighborhood. So this would be quite the, the little walk. It would take me about 45 minutes, but I knew that I could do that walk every day. It wasn't something that was super excessive and it wasn't something so tiny that it really wasn't going to matter. I knew that I could promise myself every day I would do that walk at that exact time in the morning. And I thought, okay, well, it's time for the Atkins diet again because <laughs> that works like a charm every time. And nobody likes meat and cheese more than I do. So I had a great time. And for one whole year, I didn't look at the scale because I knew that if it didn't come down rapidly enough for me, I would feel like, oh, this is this is a lost cause and a waste of time. I might as well just go eat a bag of potato chips. And I was always a savory person. If you put a cake or a pie in front of me or a box of crackers or a bag of potato chips, I would always go for the potato chips hmm. and the crackers and the cheese and the salami. And so and I remember when my my son was little, I would go to Costco and I would, I would always buy blocks of cheese and I would start, and, and when I get in the car, I would take the cellophane off and I just munch right into these huge gigantic blocks of cheese. And when I would get the salami, salami was always present in our home. I would eat nearly the whole package. So anyway, I had a great time. I bought all the hamburger and London broil and pork chops and all of it. And I didn't drain the fat. I was, I, cause I knew that one of the components was it was a high fat diet too. It wasn't just high protein. Yeah. So I did not drain the fat from the hamburger when I cooked it, but I, and I would make big tubs of taco meat and, and big, um, supplies of hamburger patties and I would dip the hamburger patties in mayonnaise and mustard and I would never touch the ketchup because it had sugar in it uh, and then the London broil I would cook them and I would slice them and I would dip those in mayonnaise and I and I would buy um, the packages of the chicken breast and I cook the whole thing and I would have chicken breast, 
all the time and in cheese all the time. And I was very, very strict. So I didn't get on the scale for one whole year. I knew I started at 225. I figured it had to go backwards like it always did. And if I was really super strict and didn't waver or cheat one single bit, that it should fall off rapidly and it would take me, oh, maybe eight or nine months. Well, I did my exercise every day and I ate this way every day. And when I would heat up the taco meat, the the fat would melt in it too. And I would um, put uh, a big handful of cheddar cheese melted on top and a little bit of lettuce. So I ate meat, cheese, and vegetables, not starchy vegetables, only green vegetables like broccoli and some lettuce and maybe some cabbage and things like that. Okay. No carrots, no fruit, no uh, potatoes, no rice, no beans, no bread, no crackers, no grains, nothing. Just strictly animal protein and animal fat. I didn't have any ice cream or anything either because that had sugar in it. So I just, I was just having meat, cheese, and vegetables. Anyway, after a year went by, and I remember it was October 13th. That's my like anniversary day. And so I started this in 2011, I guess. So from 2011 to 2012, I ate this way. And I was so excited to get on the scale. And I only lost 52 pounds. And I know that sounds like a lot, but I thought, oh my God, here I started my highest weight and I only dropped 52 pounds when I was like 140 or 150 pounds when I was in my twenties and I wanted to lose weight. I would lose it like in six or seven months. I could lose that much. I could lose more weight. Why did this not work? Like I anticipated what, what happened this time? I've never been more strict. And then I thought, oh, oh my gosh, I, I started to panic thinking this is, if I'm, this is going to take way too long. And if I have to eat another chicken breast or another spoonful of taco meat, I think I'm just going to throw up. <laughs> I mean, I cannot tell you how many chicken breasts I ate. And, and with olive oil, you know, baking them in olive oil, I just, I thought I, I can't, I can't swallow another mouthful of Parmesan cheese. I would buy it in the block and I, and, and I would have blue cheese that I would spoon out of the package and eat it. And I thought, I, I'm just, I'm going to gag if I have to eat that again. So I didn't know what to do. And I started looking around on the internet. And one thing led to another, and I can't even remember exactly how it all unfolded, but I saw these pictures of these people who were very, very thin, and they were very, very lean, but they looked extremely healthy. And then I, and then looking at different websites, it kind of led me to YouTube, and I knew what a vegetarian was for the most part, but this revolved around being vegan and especially raw vegan. And I didn't even know what the word vegan meant. I knew it had something to do with eating plants and kind of vegetarian, but I wasn't sure if it was like if you eat eggs or this or that, or I didn't really know. It was so foreign to me. I knew nothing about it. So anyway, one thing led to another and then I found that movie, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Yeah. And I can't remember that guy's name. Joe Cross. Oh, right. Joe Cross. Okay. So one day I found that movie and I watched it and I said to myself, that's it. That is it. Something about that movie just 
inspired me and just and just lit the flame for me. That's awesome. If I would have known then what I know now, things would have been so different. But I also feel like this whole journey has led me here and going through the process of making mistakes and having to tweak constantly along the way has allowed me to learn so much about myself and the world around me and, and people around me and just the dynamics of, of how this whole universe works. So anyway, I saw that movie. I, had a juicer, I dug it up and I, I got it out and I went to Costco and I got all of my greens that I needed. And the next day I started doing this and I kept up that exercise that I had started the year before. Okay. Was it a juice only fast? Were you just doing juice? No, no. I, I was, um, I, like I said, I really didn't understand what, you know, about things. And I saw at Costco, they had raw cheese. And I thought, oh, it's raw and it's cheese. So that'll be okay to put in my salad. <laughs> so, but then, I mean, after, uh, after buying that a couple of times, I, I caught on to, oh yeah, this is probably not a good idea. So anyway, cause then I, I was watching more and more videos. So I, I, I saw this movie and I started doing that instead of having um, all this uh, meat in the morning and waiting until I got hungry and then having a big bowl of um, taco meat or, um, you know, a half a London broil, I had the, a big, gigantic um, glass of green juice, the green, lean, mean green machine or whatever, yep. whatever it was called. So anyway, I did that. And, and then at lunchtime, I think, I can't remember exactly what I did. I think maybe I would have another one. And then at nighttime, I would have a big, huge salad. And okay. I would, it was in a big, large serving bowl for a family and, or a potluck or something. And I remember I would use like a half or a quarter of an avocado and I would smash that up on the bottom and I would put some um, vinegar and some soy sauce and some ginger and I would make up a, um, a dressing like that. And then I would have like one or two heads of lettuce in there with some veggies. But I, I found that this green juice was, was satiating me. And it, it was so calming. And I thought, gosh, what is this green juice doing to me? And I was, I was a little bit upset about the fact that I had only lost 52 pounds that first year. So I, and then I, when I finally got back on the scale, I wasn't afraid of it anymore. So I started weighing myself every single day. I would lose a pound. Oh, wow. And I, I could not believe it. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I, I thought, my God, why did I not know about this before? <laughs> why, why does nobody say anything? No, nobody mentioned a, a single thing about this. So in four or five months, the rest of the weight just fell off. As soon as I stopped eating all that cheese, and all that meat, the weight just vanished. <laughs> it, it just it just melted away. It melted away. And so during these two phases, did you notice um, any of your medical issues resolve? Like did your blood pressure change or did you feel better during like the Atkins versus the juicing? Or um, The Atkins, I felt a little bit better because I was losing weight, obviously. Yeah. But my energy level was not up to par and I felt like my muscles were um, just not like I didn't have like oomph or, or, you know, a, a ton of energy. Like they, um, they ached like they, they, okay. you know, they, they just were, they just didn't feel, um, I didn't feel dynamic. So then anyway, 
eating this other way, I, I felt much more vibrant. I felt extremely relaxed, almost as if there was some sort of chemical or something in this, in all this kale and, and all the, all this greenery and all this spinach and all this other stuff that, that had some sort of anti-anxiety relieving effect on me. It just was so calming and, and so centering. And so I, I was so intrigued. So I would go on YouTube every night and then I found, um, like this raw veganism and I thought, Oh, okay. Well, let's see. I, I think I should try that too. So I, I remember having the green juice in the morning and I think I did that for almost a year, like maybe eight months or something where I'd have this green juice every single morning. And then at lunchtime I would make a smoothie and I would have, and then I, I found this stuff about all the bananas, just lots of raw food. And, but I didn't understand the fat component. I was using olive oil in my salad. I was using a little bit, like maybe a tablespoon, well, to me, a tablespoonful or so, but I didn't quite grasp the whole thing yet. So, so I was having the juice in the morning, then I was having a smoothie at lunch, and then I had the salad at dinner. Then I got, uh, I got so sick and tired of the green smoothie that I was just like, or, or the green juice. And I thought, okay, that's, I'm, I'm, as soon as I finish off this supply here, I'm not going to do it anymore. So I had, um, for, for one whole year, I was pretty much raw to where I had a smoothie in the morning with like four to six bananas and maybe some dates in it, or I would have a mango in it, or I would have a bunch of berries with it, or I would put, um, I don't know, what, whatever peaches, um, whatever fruit was in season. And then at lunchtime, I would have some more fruit and maybe a smoothie. And, and so, and then, and then at, at dinner time, I would have, I would continue on with the big salad. And so I was putting, um, olive oil in the salad. So, so that was the only time I, I had oil. And, and then I noticed that, and I, and I felt pretty energetic and, and the smoothies were rather filling because they would fill up the whole Vitamix. I put water and hmm. ice in there and stuff. And so then, I, but I was so cold and I took my children skiing every year. And there I was making smoothies in the room. It's snowing outside and I'm freezing to death. And I'm sort of feeling uneasy about the whole thing because I'm thinking, wait a minute here. Um, I'm not even having warm food. Like I'm not eating potatoes or anything like that. Then, then when I didn't get, then when I ran out of oil or I didn't have oil one day, I noticed that the next morning when I went for my run that I felt better. I I could run faster. So you just mentioned that you, when you went for your run the next morning, um, previously you were saying you were walking. When did you transition from walking every day into running? Well, it was a slow transition. And as I felt better, I wanted to move more. I just, um, I just felt like, oh, I, I want to move faster. I want to move quicker. I, I think I feel like running right now. So I would run a little bit and then I'd stop. And then I felt like, oh, I, oh my gosh, I'm running. I can't believe it. So, so that's how that happened. And now that I look back on it, I was starting to really notice and pay attention to my body and how I felt and the biofeedback it was giving me. I skipped the oil one particular day. And, and, and so I noticed that, huh, I seem to be able to move my legs more efficiently and I can run faster and I'm moving quicker and I didn't have any oil yesterday. And then that night I would have oil in my salad and I would see how I felt the next day. And sure enough, 
I would be a little bit slower. So then I'd leave it out. And then the next day, oh, back to being faster. Well, now that's, hmm. that's an interesting thing. But then on YouTube, I found these, these raw vegans who were saying, oh, yes, it's really important to have these cold-pressed oils and oils aren't going to hurt you and it's it's really imperative that you have oil in your um in your diet and so i naturally believe that okay well i i need that to have this oil and you know the higher quality the better then i got to the point where i really felt like let's see it was so so from 2000 and 11 to 2012, I did Atkins. Then 2012 to 13, I did, I just had pretty much raw food. And then, then I started feeling like, oh, wow, you know, gosh, I really feel like having something cooked. I I think I I feel like having some, um, you know, potatoes or, 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 and rice and things like that. And so when you, when you look at YouTube, one thing led to another. And I, I found, um, Dr. Um, T. Colin Campbell with the China study. And that was super okay. intriguing. Then I found Dr. McDougall. And that is when everything made the big shift. And, and, and that was like the ultimate all wrapped up into one kind of thing that I... That was your eureka moment. Yes, exactly. And I wish I would have known about that in the first place, but it's it's now in retrospect, it's fine because all those stepping stones allowed me to really understand and learn. And I'm up and I, it took me a little bit longer and I went you know, maybe around the block a few too many times, um, trying to get (laughs) to the same place, but I'm, I'm almost there. And so then I got the starch solution and I read it and I started eating potatoes and it was like, ah, there (laughs) we go. Oh my gosh. And and I also forgot to mention I'm hypothyroid and I I've taken um, hypothyroid medication for years. So anyway, that's the only medication that I take, and then I take of, co- of course um, B12. But when I discovered the Start Solution, that was it. And then I started paying attention to these bona fide doctors who have been giving. Um, medical care to obese sick patients for decades and every single one of them Dr. Neil Barnard Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn I learned about the um, negative effects of oil on your endothelial cells and then I find Joel Furman but then I'm a little bit hesitant with the nuts and all that sort of thing and Dr. Greger I find all of them and I, I, I'm like, Oh, look at all of them. They're all lean. They, they all are walking their talk. Unlike these paleo people. And, and so anyway, then I find Dr. Goldhammer and Dr. Lyle and, and, and then I find, um, the pleasure truck. And then I start learning about refined grains and, about processed products, about, you know, brown rice is one thing, but when you take the brown rice and you grind it up and you start making pasta out of it and, and bread out of it and all that other kind of stuff, that you increase the surface area of it. And I started learning all about the science of all this stuff. And it started making yeah. a whole bunch of sense to me. Well, and they also remove components of it, right? Which which makes it less of a whole food. Exactly. So then, what? So then, all this is like stepping stones, and one thing led to another. You know, I start out with this green drink, then I move to smoothies, then I find the starch solution, then I'm re- 
refining that even more. I follow, if I had to tell, give you a, um, a definition of what I follow, I follow a low-fat, whole-starch, vegan, plant-based lifestyle that's sugar, oil, and salt-free. So uh, when you changed your diet, I assume the diets of your children uh, adapted at that time as well. I changed what I, what I prepared in the house. And it went okay for the first few months. And then each of my sons started to deviate. One of them, the younger one, was born with respiratory issues and with, with asthma and always had inhalers and nebulizer treatments. And now that I look back on it, here I was pregnant, chowing down on blocks of cheese. I probably did this to him. Hmm. And he thrives on a vegan diet. He loves his vegan lifestyle. And he's come around to really have compassion and empathy for animals. The other one, he is completely resistant to it. He wants nothing to do with it. He asks for meat and eggs every day, and and that's what he wants. And in my view, and, and it's caused a lot of angst in our relationship, but ultimately I have to realize that the example that I set is the most important thing that I can do is to lead by example. And so... I implemented a vegan um, lifestyle into our household for a good six months to a year. And the older one started to not want to even eat at mealtimes because he, he didn't see any meat on his plate and or eggs or anything like that. And so it came to a point where the, the plant-based pediatricians are telling me, look, you've just got to let him have the meat if that's that's what he wants because he's falling off of the growth scales and, and so forth and so on. And I, I know from listening to Dr. McDougall that ch vegan children grow slower, but they grow for a longer period of time. So yeah. I, I, know, I understand all that. However, ultimately, what you eat and what you put in your mouth is a very, very personal choice. And, and I have shown him how to be that way. I continue to be that way. My other son continues to be that way. And if sometime down the road, when it speaks to him... Yeah, the seed is planted. The seed is planted. I cannot do anything more. And if I use it as a point of contempt or a a means of punishment, it just, it, it, it just backfires. And yeah. I, I have to let him come to this again. If he, if he does on his own terms. So, so that's what happened with, with the children. So does your younger son, did his asthma reduce? Yes. He could not breathe through both of his nostrils at the same time. He always breathed through his mouth. And he always was getting uh, sick. And he 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 just always was was congested. And I remember he would eat quesadillas all the time. Just lots of cheese, lots of grilled cheese, quesadillas, cheeseburgers, all that kind of stuff. And when we stopped putting animal products and animal flesh inside of his body, within two weeks, all that asthma stuff just vanished. Wow. And he can breathe. And he doesn't get sick like he used to. And he doesn't have that mucus like he used to. And he hasn't had 
to have any nebulizer treatments. And he has had to use inhalers on occasion when he exerts himself, when he runs. And he is allergic to some dogs and, and horses and so forth. But I now realize it was the protein in all of that cheese that I was inadvertently poisoning him. And I didn't know I was doing that to him. Hmm. I was poisoning all of us. So anyway, I'm not going to do that anymore. No. I'm not going to poison myself anymore. I know better. And when I know better, I'm certainly going to try to do better. And so do you need to take uh, blood pressure medication now? No. After about a, a year, a little over a year, I was off of it. But I had, I had to step down from it oh, Okay. in dosage. Um, but I still take the um, hypothyroid medication, and I take a, a B12 um, uh, supplement that I get from the True North website. Okay. So after about two and a half years, I lost about maybe 120 pounds. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And, thank you. And then the past couple of years, I've gotten leaner and leaner and leaner. And I, I've lost like maybe five more pounds in the, in the past couple of years. And I've gotten to a point where, you know, I've lost more than I actually weigh. And that, that's enough. That is. When I gave up the oil, when I realized about the oil and, and I stopped that, that's when the, the leanness really took over. And then that mantra goes through my head of what Dr. McDougall says, that the fat you eat is the fat you wear. Yeah. So I know that. And it makes complete sense to me. I was also diagnosed with hyperinsulinemia and um, insulin resistance and a fatty liver. Oh, wow. And I had to go ultrasound and all this stuff. And I had like... Um, the the startings of type two diabetes and they gave they sent me home with a um with a machine to uh test my blood sugar which I wasn't about to do. I thought, my God, this is for sick diabetic people. What how did I get mixed up into this? And so this was when they told you you were two hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then um what do they call it? Non alcoholic um fatty liver disease. Yeah. Yeah. Oh what? Oh my god! And so, have they checked that since you've gone plant based? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally clear of all that stuff. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, so this is, um, you know, lots of brown rice, black beans, other beans, lentils, potatoes. I have discovered Japanese sweet potatoes. Those are my favorite. They hmm. taste like. Thanksgiving and just sweet dessert, yummy goodness, and a Hawaiian sweet potatoes and and all kinds of sweet potatoes and regular potatoes and baked fries and all this stuff in all these different ways. You never have to have starch cooked the, the same twice if you don't want to. Yeah, it's, and, it's not like having chicken breast day after day. No. Yeah. And I have um, lots of raw food still um, in the way of salads. And, and I have steamed um, vegetables and roasted vegetables. I like to put balsamic, um, mix it um, in uh, Brussels sprouts mm. and bake those and, and have them roasted. I, I, um, I have a, a lot of fruit every day. Um, I know that Dr. McDougall says to limit the fruit to two to three servings, but that's for people that are um, actively trying to lose weight. Yeah. And I'm extremely active with the hill cycling and so forth. And I noticed that the cycling and I, when I, imp, when I cut out the oil for good and I ramped up the cycling because I had the energy, I got leaner and leaner quite quickly. And so you have to be very, very careful because I mean, you can get too lean. You want to make sure you still have uh, sufficient calories. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a very slippery slope because of all the fiber that you're eating, especially with the green, um, with the non-starchy vegetables, you can get full on those and then you haven't had enough adequate 
amount of starch. So you have to um, be very careful with that. And then I, 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 I'm still tweaking it. I'm still, I'm on the right. It's a journey. It's a journey. Well, I've learned if I would have only known in the beginning, but like I said, I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have been able to gather so much enrichment hmm. if I didn't have this journey along the way. Yeah. And when I go on vacation, I go out of the country a lot and I always have a card made up. I, I go to, um, places where a lot of Spanish is spoken mainly. And so they make up a card for me that, that says I have an allergy to sugar, oil, and salt. And so when I go to the restaurant, I just show the, the hostess or in the waiter, my card, and it's very clear and they bring me steamed food Okay. and boiled food and baked food that doesn't have any oil, that doesn't have any sugar and it doesn't have any salt. It's very, very easy to live this way if you really want to. But if you want to make excuses, it's like an addiction. It's, it's, to me, it's no different than being an alcoholic or a heroin addict or a crack addict or a, you know any kind of drug addict. It is a drug because I understand of the casomorphines now. I yeah. understand what is, I, I don't want my brain hijacked anymore. I didn't realize that I was altering the chemicals in my brain voluntarily, yeah. but I don't, I'm not interested in that anymore. So I asked my guests um, if they had advice for a path mender who is either on the fence or just starting their transition, what would that advice to them be? Everyone is on their own journey. And everyone has to be respected for where they are on their path because not everyone can start at the same place and not everyone can follow the same road. But the idea is to eventually get to the same destination. And what is an addiction for one person isn't necessarily an addiction for another person. To me, I get on the scale once a year when I go to the doctor now for my annual checkup. It doesn't matter how much I weigh. It matters how I feel and if I have energy to live an epic life and do the amazing things with my body that I like to do. And so somebody might be addicted to a scale. I'm not. So if I say you need to throw the scale away, well, maybe they can't do that, but maybe they're Maybe they're not addicted to potato chips. Maybe they're addicted to cake and pie. You know, you, you really need to do all or nothing because you don't, you don't tell an alcoholic. What, what you have to come to realize is that ultimately the bottom line is, and, and at the core of all this is your brain and your brain chemicals. And what you're doing without even realizing it is you're healing your brain. And you're, you're healing the hijacking of your brain by poison and by chemicals. And so you're an addict. If you are obese, if you are overweight, it's because you have an addiction to something. And you don't tell an alcoholic, well, let's just cut down to a, a half of a can of beer a day. Or you don't tell um, a heroin addict, well, you know, just one time a week, that, that's, that should be enough, you know, just one cheat a week and everything will be all right. No, it's all or it's nothing. I would, so my ultimate advice would be keeping in lines of everyone has their own personal issues with, with whatever it is that they have addiction to. You have to cut it out completely get it out of your house get it out of your sight get it out of your mind and get it out of your thoughts it doesn't exist anything that comes in a package in a box that's processed is not food it's a food-like substance the only real food that you can actually should be calling food are plants 
and starches, grains, um, you know, beans, peas, lentils, uh, fruit, and, and all that sort of thing. Cracker and, and all that other stuff, that's not food. And so you need to be able to see the difference and you have to know that this isn't something that you're going to cure. Um, you know, you're going to get over your, uh, well, I mean, obviously you'd, you'd eventually not be obese, but you're not going to wrap it all up, tie it in a bow and put it on the shelf and everything is going to be fine. This is something that just like an addiction, you will manage and you will um, troubleshoot for the rest of your life. You, you're, you have an addiction and, and addictions are managed. They're, they're not cured. And, and learn to live like that and, and troubleshoot it along the way and always try to learn more and, 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 and do better. And you can't get it wrong because this journey is never going to be over. Yeah. And you're, you're always refining it and you're always getting better. And you can't, you, you can't truly make mistakes. Maybe you get off the path a little bit, but, but then you realize the right, the, a better way and you go with that better way. But you always will manage your addiction. You will never be free of it because it's always sitting in the corner waiting to pounce on you again. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great talking to you, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening to the Mend It Pass podcast with Chadwick Hayward at www.menditpass.com. Once again, I'd like to remind everyone that the Mend It Pass podcast now has a Facebook group. It's called Friends of the Mend It Pass podcast. I hope you'll join and I hope to see you there. Thanks so much. See you all next time. Visit Mendicast.com and get back to bed. Dad.